You are listening to Move With Radiance with Stephanie Dankelson, a podcast all about redefining your relationship to exercise, food, and your body by learning how to first redefine the relationship with yourself. Are you ready to discover your inner truth, your inner radiance? Because there is a more freeing way to be fit. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on this week's episode of Move With Radiance. So glad you're here. And wanted to start off, first of all, I, if you follow me at all on Instagram, I last week said that, well, it depends on when you're listening to this, but I recently talked about how I'm making some shifts in my business because a couple of weeks ago, I reached my state of burnout. And... I've just been doing a lot of self-reflection and trying to really understand like what I think it gets really hard when you you know start this start business from the ground up and you're kind of you know following you're trying to figure out like well what formula do I need to follow to get so many followers you know kind of go down this rabbit hole of like what should I be doing and it kind of goes for everything in life like if it doesn't feel good to you then there is another way <laughs> and for me I hit my state of like, I physically cannot do this anymore because I was trying to do all the things that I thought I should be doing and nothing felt like very little felt like resonant and a lot of it felt like rushed. And so I had to like sit down after like my breaking point and really analyze like, well, what's working and what am I passionate about and what can be like, what can wait, you know, like nothing has to be forever. So what can be put on hold for now? And I decided I've been doing a weekly blog post since I started, like the the blog is basically what turned into my business today. But I have since starting my podcast lost a little bit of that like passion in writing my blog. Um, If you follow me on Instagram, I'm over there at, at Stephanie Dankelson. I do a lot of writing in my posts. And that has been really fulfilling for me. And the blog just sort of turned into something that like I had to do because I had started it and it's just this weekly thing. I have to get out in the newsletter. Da, 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 da. And I was like, you know what? This can be put on hold for now because I really want to focus on my podcast. And that's just what I decided to do. So my weekly blog posts are being put on hold for now. Um, while I sort of clear things up on my plate, there's lots of really awesome stuff coming. I'm super excited to share all of that with you. And until then, I just need to take some breaths and let things simmer. (laughs) So podcast is number one priority right now. And um, if you enjoyed my writing, then come on over to Instagram at hey or at Stephanie Dankelson. <laughs> and um, you can get a little taste of my writing there. So let's dive into this week's episode. I interviewed my friend and previous coworker, Tara Calaman. And it was a very candid conversation. Tara while freaking hilarious, <laughs> we do get serious about this little thing called fear. And Tara talks about how she managed these major fears when deciding to just up and move to Ireland a few years ago. 
She had no job, no apartment, and a lot of unknowns. And we dig into how meditation has helped her navigate between like gut knowings and fear and how she's used this to, this tool to like take action in her life. And we also talk about how people aren't fearless and how those who seem to be still are afraid, but they've just learned to trust themselves over time. Um, ultimately, we talk about how fear doesn't have to control your life and agree that it can lead to some pretty amazing things. So I'm really excited for you to hear this episode it was so fun getting to talk to her. Tara's a freaking badass, and it was just it was just great. So let me tell you a little bit more about Tara. Tara is a humor writer, stand-up comedian, and movement aficionado. She moved to Ireland last year with her family in search of a new adventure. When not reading a book or apologizing for America's voting preferences, she can be found on roller skates, on her bike, or on the trail. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And without further ado, here is Tara. Tara, (laughs) thank (laughs) It's so good to talk to you and to see your face. Oh, sister, it's so good to talk to you. (laughs) Mm. Um, for those of you who don't know, Tara and I used to work together back in the day and we we also used to, for those of you who don't know, we used to work out on the roof (laughs) of the building where Stephanie would make me do some insane ab exercises (laughs) on my lunch break. (laughs) This is true. Yes. And I may or may not have been known as yard boss. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a prison workout. (laughs) Because someone across the street having a beer <laughs> saw us working out on the roof and I was making someone squat with a propane tank. <laughs> and that's where that was. They tweeted about it. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. And that someone was Nick and asked me who my first visitor in Ireland was. Oh, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> that's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Long, for, long story for another yes. day. <laughs> we might have already told some of it. It's fine. Yeah. But today we are digging into a pretty big topic, that lovely word fear. Oh, yes. Yes. And Tara, I feel like you have a lot to talk about when it comes to that word. <laughs> Just based on some recent events. Yes. And... First of all, though, before we start digging into that, I mean, this will probably tie into it, but I would love for you to tell everyone a little bit about you, who you are, and start there. (laughs) Oh, okay. So my name is Tara, or as they say in Ireland, Tara. Tara (laughs) over here. Um, I am many things. I am a writer. Uh, I like to make people laugh, so I try to write humorous essays. I write a lot of jokes. I perform jokes. I, um, what else? I am a runner. I, uh, work at a content agency during the day, uh, managing clients and writing copy and creating strategy for people. And then by night I am on a roller derby team. And when I'm not doing that, I'm hanging out with my family or I am uh, going into Dublin to tell jokes in front of the Irish people and 
making fun of them and making fun of myself and America. Love you, America. Yeah. <laughs> a little fucked up at the moment. So there's lots of jokes to be made. Um, and it's also sort of a form of therapy. So it kind of, it keeps me, um, keeps me mentally healthy to be able to do that. Um, I, oh yes. And I live in Ireland. I, uh, moved here <laughs> about a year and a half ago and it was just, uh, I grew up living overseas. And so it was something that I'd always sort of wanted to do again, especially with my child. And so when I got to a point in my career, when I was looking for a change and my husband was working for himself and my kiddo was about to start kindergarten, I was like, this seems like a real natural time. Like it's, very rare in life, as you know, when things just line up perfectly for a move or a big change. And so we just jumped and decided to kind of embark on this adventure. And it's been amazing. Is that yeah. enough about me? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, so with that note, I, I think a lot of people, you know, when they hear that, and this was me too, I think a couple of years ago before I learned that it I could trust myself to do stuff like that. It, I think it's hard for people to think like, well, how can you just uproot your life and everything you've built here and not only just move, but like move across the world (laughs) and start over, you know, like you, when you decided this, you didn't have a job lined up. Like it was just like, uh, well, my gut says this and I'm going to do it kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit and, and how you navigated that. Yeah. So just like you were saying, I had to put a lot of trust in myself, in the universe, in, uh, my family. Uh, it was just, it was, I, it was something that I wanted to do, something that I was called to do. And there were a lot of people that told me I was crazy. Like what, like you don't have a job, you don't know anybody, like, what are you, I had this someone that we both know, former, former coworker was like, you are making the biggest mistake. I can't believe you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, I thought I would tell people that I would be getting a lot of support. <laughs> and for the, like, for the most part, the majority of people I talked to were really like excited by the news and excited for the adventure and all of that. But there were some people that like, they could just not wrap, they could not wrap their head around what we were doing. Like, why would you up, like you were saying, why would you uproot your family? Why would you sell everything you own? Why would you go to this place where you don't, you don't know what's going to happen when you go there? And for me, that was kind of like the excitement of it. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I have faith in myself that I can find a job. But after that, like, I don't know. Are we going to find a place to live? Are we going to... Like, I, I, I didn't know any of that. So I just sort of... I, there was a, I did a lot of meditation during this. So I had a coach, a meditation coach at the time. Um, and I also sort of had a writing slash life coach. I was like coaching myself through this entire process because I knew that I needed support, like more support than just like friends and family. Um, so that was a big time help. I invested in that because I was like, I know that I need to, like I'm the one instigating this entire thing. So if I'm not going to be the warrior and the strong one, like, how are, how am I taking my kid and my husband with me on this adventure if I'm like going to fall apart in the middle of it and not, and start doubting myself, you know? So it was, it was a big time leap of faith, but like, it's amazing what you can do when you believe in yourself, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And additionally, like the other piece of that story is, 
So we came over to Ireland for three months while I was job hunting and you can do a tourist visa for 90 days. So I was like, okay, I have 90 days to find a job. So as soon as I, like I'd done some work ahead of time through LinkedIn and stuff, but as soon as we landed, I was like, that is my one goal. Like I have to find a job. So in the end, I, I, I ended up with two job offers. And so it was the kind of thing that I was like, oh my God, like what am I, what, what's am I going to take? And so that was awesome. Got the job. But then I found out that I had to leave the country in order for them to process my work visa. <laughs> okay. Wasn't actually aware of that detail. Fine. So we moved in with my mother-in-law in New York City in a small apartment in the Bronx. <laughs> And I was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It'll be six weeks max. Three months later, (laughs) it was, that was like almost, that was almost a bigger challenge for me mentally than moving, like than getting a job in Ireland. I was like, oh, once I get the job, it'll be like smooth sailing, right? I have the job. We found an apartment. I was like, this is great. (sighs) That three months was rough. (laughs) Yeah. I can't even imagine. (laughs) It was rough. Like I, so we had like a suitcase a piece and sleeping in my mother-in-law's bedroom. And like, I knew like I had a couple, Samantha Haltman, I hung out with in New York city, but it was like, and every day I would wake up and check the visa website to see if it got processed, see if it got approved. And every day when it didn't get approved, it was just like, oh my God, I'm here for another day. Wasn't making any money paying rent on the apartment that we had in Ireland, not living there. (laughs) It was crazy. Lots of meditation, lots of yoga going on during that time. (sighs) But you know, like after that, I was like, dude, whatever Ireland has to throw at me, bring it, bring it. Yeah. I got this. (laughs) Totally. I think when you can come out in a full piece, maybe some, some chips here and there, (laughs) but like after that, you're just like, damn, I can do anything. If you can like make it through. That is so exactly right. I was like, oh my God, if I can do this quite literally, like whatever the universe throws. And I I don't like saying that because I'm afraid the universe is going to be like, oh yeah, you think you can handle anything, huh? And then they're going to like throw something wicked crazy at me. But it was. It was just like a matter of ha- oh, keeping the faith and being like, okay, this is part of the process. This is part of the journey. It totally sucks. But like when we come out on the other side of this, we're going to be living in Ireland. I'll have a job. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And it, it is. But it was a, kind of a curvy, rough road. <laughs> for sure. So my question for you, and you had mentioned something that you know, speaking about like this whole trust and like faith in yourself, you were like, well, that's kind of the fun part, you know, to when people were doubting you, you were like, yeah, like I like the unexpected. Have you always been like that? Or was there like something in your life that kind of taught you to start thinking like that? Or where does that come from? Do you think? That's a good question. I think there was a lot, there was like, I was in a really hard relationship in my twenties, like sort of that caused me to doubt myself a lot. Like I, it was kind of bordering on emotionally abusive and like, I shouldn't have done a lot of the things that I did in that relationship, but I was just like, I didn't listen to myself. I didn't listen to my gut, none of that. And so I think when you have that experience, when you're in that, it takes a long time to build your resiliency and your trust in yourself back up. But once you build it back up, like that's it right? Like you're never going to doubt yourself again because you know what happens when you doubt yourself. And so 
I feel like having that faith in myself, it's just like, I know that I can take whatever's thrown at me. So, you know, like through, through all the practices that I have and through these things that I've, I've built up for myself. Like, I think the unexpected stuff is the most fun. That's the that's where you learn. That's where you grow. You're not going to grow by doing the same thing all the time and staying comfortable. Like you want to embrace those things that are going to push you out of your comfort zone. And that's where, that's where the growth happens. And I'm all about like growing and getting, getting better. Yeah. <laughs> fine wine. I'm a fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And I mean, yeah, you think about Okay, I have another another quick question. So, this sorry, I'm throwing this all at you. No, come on, come on, this is great. <laughs> um, I know what that feeling is when you're you're doing something and your gut is just like you keep talking yourself into it, right? So you're like, no, 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 but your like gut intuition, whatever you want to call that, is like totally screaming, this is the wrong thing. How have you been able to like? differentiate between this is just scary or this is like my gut telling me this is wrong? So scary, I think is a much more superficial feeling like scary. You're just like, Ooh, Ooh, that like, that's scary. Like, I don't, I don't know if I could do that. Whereas like your gut is deep down inside of you. Like, I feel like fear is sort of the kind of thing, like you watch a scary movie or you like you read something and you're like, ooh, that would be cool, but that's really scary to think about. And it's like the kind of thing that it's just kind of, it's, it doesn't affect me as, as deeply as, as my instincts do. Like my instincts, and I think a lot of that comes with, like comes with age and comes with practice and all that sort of thing. But fear is a very like top level kind of a thing where when you sit with fear for a little bit, you're like, oh, like, that's actually not that scary. Where with your gut, if you sit with it, the like the longer you sit with it, you're like, oh shit, like my gut's telling me to do this thing and you can't ignore it. Whereas fear, you can kind of talk yourself out of fear or there's ways around like, you know, like working through fear. Whereas your gut, it's like if you try and work through that or deny your gut or go against it, like that's when you start like getting sick or like having weird pains in places. Like all that stuff starts to manifest and fear. I feel like is just false evidence appearing real. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. That's massage therapy right there. False <laughs> evidence appearing real. Massage therapy it. school. Thank you. <laughs> I yeah. love that because thinking back, like in just some of the examples I've had in my life, well, like, so I've recently started rock climbing. Oh yeah. And I think, I've seen the pictures. Oh yes, oh. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's a really good example to think like in my life, thinking about something that's like fear-based versus something that is like my gut instinct telling me like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And, you know, like you said, it's this, you can kind of talk yourself down from this fear-based place where you're like, okay, wait, where is this coming from? okay, I'm afraid of the heights or whatever. Okay, well, what's my deep fear of this falling to my death? Okay, well, how realistic is that to happen right now? You know, like there's, yeah. there's that flight or fight type of thing where mm-hmm. if you are in real danger, <laughs> you're gonna like the fear, will, you know, you should probably listen to it. But yeah. yeah, I think because our, our systems are wired to think that way, we automatically start like our fear starts kicking in with like, fight or flight, you know, leave, leave, leave when maybe we just takes a second to like sit down and talk ourselves out of that get out of here mindset. 
<laughs> yeah. I feel like fear you can also apply logic to, do you know, where you can be like, oh, right. I have the safety gear. Like I have, like, you know, my belay is set up correctly and I have all these, you know, all my gears in place. And like, you can logically say, okay, I am, I'm scared of doing this or I'm scared of heights, but you know what? Like I have ever, all my safety precautions in place. Whereas when it's a gut thing, no amount of logic is going to, you can try and like apply logic to it, but it is such a more visceral thing mm. where it's just like deep inside of you. Yes. That's, that's, that's how, how, how I view it. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. Do you think you talked a lot about meditation and yoga? When did that sort of come into your life and, and how did that play a part in this whole differentiating between like fear and your gut and this whole move? So I am, I'm very like in the, in, in the scope of things, I'm very new to meditation. I've probably been doing it for maybe three years now, regularly meditating and then yoga, like off and on, like, you know, like when I can't, you know, it's sort of, like, I'm not quite as regular with, with yoga. Um, but meditation, oh man, it has, I think it's changed my life. Honestly, it's, um, you just, you're able to, people don't get to sit with themselves in silence enough. And when you do that, that's when stuff starts flaking away. Um, the, the constant, like the voices in your head that are telling you that you shouldn't do this thing, or it's scary, or why would you, why would you be doing this? Like all that start, you can, you can filter through the noise and really get to the essence of, of who you are. And and what's happening around you. And it's just like, it was, it was hard for me to start because I had like, you know, I had my kiddo. And so like, I would, <laughs> there'd be mornings where I'd be like in the middle of me- like trying to meditate and he'd like come walking in or like, I would have to like lock myself in a closet, like just crazy stuff where I just be like, I can't or get up like super early so I could do it. Um, and I just started with five minutes and from there I've been able to progress up, but it's, um, it's just such, oh God, it's just been so vital for me in, in moments of, even when we were like working together at, um, at our, the job that we worked at together, like there were, there were, um, there were mornings when if I didn't meditate before going in, so I guess it's actually been a little longer than that. I feel like it was, so maybe it's been like four, four or five years, something like that. But it's like, it just helped ground me for the entire day and the day in the times, the days when I didn't meditate, I could feel the difference. And I just think it's, you're able to tap into things that you aren't able to access if you're any other way. So it's just been, for me, a way to like get, get rid of the junk. Mm. Do you know? I feel like there's so much with like f- the phones that we have and the social media and, uh, you know, like your, your job and your family and everything else that's required of you. And especially I think as a woman and as a mom, like I'm always do like taking care of other people. And so that time in the morning that I have to meditate, it, it's just essential to my, to me, to, to being able to do all those other things. And because of that, like I use it, I use meditation, like before I go on stage, like the morning of the day that I'll go on stage, I'll like meditate and visualize myself going up on stage and like having the microphone in front of me and like, I'll visualize the whole thing and like races, right? Like I will visualize a half marathon from start to finish of like me running, you know, super strong and feeling good and not having any pain and like the whole thing. And it's just 
amazing what your mind is capable of once you're able to train it, just like anything else. Like you train your body, um, you can train your mind to be this super powerful weapon. And that's what I'm trying to do. I don't think I'm there yet, but I'm working at it. (laughs) No, I think that's amazing because I have a couple of different ways I want to go with this. One thing, so... (laughs) The when I'm recording this for everyone, just to mm-hmm. reference this past Saturday, so it'll be I think a couple of weeks if you're listening to this on the day it's uh, released. But I had a complete freaking mental breakdown meltdown, <laughs> and I think it was because I got in that state of like go like I didn't slow down for myself. I was doing 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 filling my plate so full that everything, like the plate was just too small for everything that I was trying to put on it. And I was doing that because I thought I had to for like my business or for these different things. And I think that is what happens a lot of the times with just people in today's world is that we don't take any time to slow the frick down. (laughs) And I think meditation is this form of, you know, this word self-care would define that however you want, but totally this yep. way to like, say, like exactly what you said, I'm going to take this morning for myself so that I can be in a good place so that I can present myself the best for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes that's the only time during the day when I, when it's silent, when I don't talk at all. And I'm not like, I don't have to worry about anybody else, you know? And like, that's, amazing time for me because like that never happens. Yeah. And so to be able to like make that a priority and do that every morning, right when I wake up before I check email, before I do any of that other, before I look at the news or whatever it is, like that is, it's crucial. And it is, it's like self-care. Like I have to take care of myself if I'm going to take care of anybody else. Yeah. It's not selfish. And I think that's the thing that self-care or like taking time for yourself, it's gotten to be this viewed as like selfish. And I just so, so disagree with that. Like we need to take care of ourselves. Yep. Because if like, if you're not taking care of yourself, who is? Like right. nobody else is going to like step in and be like, Tara, you didn't, uh, you didn't meditate this morning. Like it'll just be like, Oh, Tara, where's this? And what's, why aren't you doing this? And mommy, mommy, like the whole thing. And it's like, my kid doesn't care if I don't meditate, but I see how I am when I don't meditate. And so I have to meditate. Well, the thing I've also learned is that it's no one else's responsibility to take care of myself. You know what I mean? Like no one's, it shouldn't be anyone else's job to be like, did you do this? Did you do this? Oh, no. It's like, I need to be responsible and say, Hey, I'm going to say no to this. Or I'm going to say like, okay, I'm going to need 10 minutes. I'm going to go and do my thing. And that's like totally okay. Yep. <laughs> I just yep. want to put it, that out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And the thing that like what I realize is you can also really model some positive behavior for people. Do you know, like my kid knows that that's what I do in the morning and like not to come into the room and that's what I'm doing. And I've seen him cause he'll do things where he's like, look mom, I'm meditating. And he's like sitting in the pose and he has his fingers and like the whole thing. And like, we've, I've taught him some deep breathing stuff, but it's like, if like, if that's what he gets from his mom growing up that she meditates every morning, like awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mom also drinks a beer here and there, but you know, like <laughs> healthcare looks different everywhere. Like, exactly. I'm in Ireland. Come on. <laughs> mandatory beer drinking. Okay. 
It's cultural. Right. I'm immersing myself. Yes. 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 But I feel like that's also like a piece of it is like being able to say like, okay, I'm taking care of myself and I'm making this a priority. And you know what? Hopefully other people around me see that. Mm -hmm. And maybe even if they don't start meditating themselves, they at least, I can at least kind of like, like lead by example. Do you know, like, I think it's something that everyone should be doing, but obviously people are on their own journeys. So, you know, maybe if someone is like interested in it and wants to ask me a question about it or like, you know, like whatever it is, I just think it's, it's just so much better for the world if you, if everyone can, could take care of themselves better, more. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent agree. <laughs> <laughs> Back to this fear thing. Oh, right. Um, right. I still want to tie this meditation with it because I'm curious to know if, so you're, you're meditating and you're like, we'll just use this move to Ireland because I still, I think that that's like, that's huge. (laughs) A great (laughs) example of like, fuck you fear. Right. (laughs) Yes. Um, how do you, do you think this meditation and visual visualization of like, picturing yourself there was that able were you able to like work through the fear or like how does that change your mindset you know what I mean like can we connect mindset and meditation to like then actually totally 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 so like for example something that I would do is like I would have a big interview in Dublin right and so instead of getting like super nervous and like worked up about it I would go early, super early to interview. And there was a lot of times like in the center of Dublin, there's this gorgeous green park called St. Stephen's Green. So I would go and I would sit in St. Stephen's Green and I would meditate before my interview. And my teacher had given me some real specific like exercises to do. So like it would be mantra work or breath work or whatever, but I would just like do this work. And then I would visualize myself going into the interview. And it's just like, it's amazing what a difference it makes because you don't go in there all worked up and nervous and like the butterflies and all of that. I went in calm, grounded, like ready to go because I'd already done it all in my head, you know? And so that, that was, it was huge. Like I had to do that before interviews. Um, and so I, yeah, it's totally connected. Like, um, just being able to, and also it was kind of interesting because I did a lot of, uh, kundalini yoga right before moving because I had a a yoga membership at Yoga Loft in Boulder and they had a kundalini class on Sunday mornings and it became like my church. Like I would Mm. go Sunday mornings and they just did so much cool stuff. And there was one exercise that we did where we like projected ourselves out into like the world and I would like project myself into Ireland and like all this stuff before before I moved. And it was crazy, but it totally worked. Like it was so awesome. And I just think it's, it, it, it gives you the opportunity to break down all of the stuff that's going through your head around like, what if I don't find a job? And oh my God, like, what if I fail and I have to come back and, and everyone laughs at me and, and what, what makes me think I can do this? Like all of those questions that are whirling around your head, you're able to really tap into yourself, into your strength, into the universe and be like, listen, this is what I'm doing. Help me out. Like, help a sister out. So there's a, there was a lot of that too, just asking for guidance, asking for help, asking for support from the world, from the universe, from, from everyone. And I feel like it was a huge part in like helping us make the transition. And additionally, we landed in a place that is amazing. Like, we landed in a community 
of really awesome people. My husband is thriving. My son is thriving. Like it is just, we couldn't have asked for better circumstances. And I think a lot of that goes into this work that I did leading up to the move. Well, yeah, sure. absolutely. And I think, so this kind of brings me, I, I don't know if you've heard like this kind of love versus fear decision-making process where I think we get to this point where, like you said, we kind of almost assume the worst all the time. And we're getting into our heads and it's like, like you said, well, what if I do this? And what if this happens? What if I don't get a job? And then you almost start believing those fears. Yep. And then that totally shifts the way you present yourself to the world and what you think is possible for yourself. And so by putting yourself in this other place of like, I, I'm going to think of myself in this place of love and say, well, okay, well, what is possible? Like, I know I'm, I'm capable of this and meditating on all of those good things of the best case scenario then it also changes your whole mindset and the way you show up. And then oh. you're kind of inviting these different things into your life. And I feel like you're open to the opportunities that are going to serve you opposed to stuff you don't think you're capable of. Yep. Yep. Totally. <laughs> and it's also a lot of it is about like manifesting, you know? So like if you constantly thinking about the negative things, like that's the kind of stuff that you're going to start to like draw into your life. And whereas if you're looking at things through a love lens, right? Or like, this is positive and this is what I can do and this is what I can achieve. Yeah, like that's the stuff that you're going to start bringing into your sphere. And that's, uh, yeah, I totally, I totally agree with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, yes. It takes a little bit of work to trust yourself. And if meditation's your answer, like start slow and, and, work on it. Like it's not going to happen over, like none of this change happens overnight, no. but that's where practice and consistency comes in because, yep. and it's not to say you're never going to be afraid or you're never going to have negative thoughts. Oh, God. Yeah. No, I, yeah. But, <laughs> but you're able to, you have the tools to deal with them when they come up. Yes. Like that's what I realized. Like I have a toolbox now of these things that I, that I know work for me. And so when I'm in an instance where I start getting nervous about something or like case in point, my first roller derby match, OMG, I was so fucking scared. Like I was standing in front of the mirror and I was like, like, who do you think you are? What are you going to do? You're going to go to this roller derby match. Like you've never, what do you like? You're on this team. Like it was crazy. I am not that nervous to go on stage and tell jokes to people, but I was so nervous about my first match. And I was like, I got in the shower and I just started like talking to myself. I was like, you can do this. Like you've been training, you've been practicing, you're on a team. It's fine. Like you're going to have your elbow pads on and your knee pads on and your helmet. It's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like big time nerves and this fear of like, what, like, what, like what, ha what's going to happen? I don't know. Yeah, of course I don't know, but I can go into it with a positive mindset, you know, as opposed to going into it with this mindset of, oh, the worst is going to happen and I'm really scared and I don't know. Like, go into it like, we'll see what happens. Yes. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and so it was. <laughs> totally. I would yeah. love to come to one of your matches. <laughs> oh, my God. I think yeah. it's so badass. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like more, first of all, more adult women need to be on a team. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't have that growing up. Like I didn't play a lot of team sports. And so it's amazing just that team dynamic, but then having it be a full contact sport. Yeah. Oh my God. I love knocking some bitches around. It is great. 
it is amazing. Like now I know why dudes haven't let us do this for so long because you feel so empowered at the end of it. You're just like, yeah, what, like, what are you going to do? I'm going to fucking hip check you and, and like shoulder check you. And like, it's just, oh my God, it's amazing. Do you think, okay, now I'm curious. So do you think you've invited different kinds of activities into your life that contribute to your ability to like navigate fear? I don't know if that makes sense. Like, Oh no, yeah, no, I think totally. Like, well, so I joined the roller derby team because I needed to make friends because I realized I didn't have, like I had friends in the workplace. Like I love the women that I work with, but I didn't have any friends outside of my office. And I was like, this is not healthy. Like, what if I change jobs? I'm not going to have any friends. <laughs> and so I was like, I need to make some friends. And so I kind of started looking around. I was like, how do you make friends when you're 40 years old in a new country? Do you know, like, I don't have a school that I'm going to. I don't, like, I'm not part of any clubs or anything. Like, what do I do? So I was like, oh, I want to do something that's like fitness related, but I want it to be like cool chicks. Cause I'd like met a few women at the gym, like in classes and stuff, but that's always like kind of fleeting and you're like oh what like we're gonna chat in the locker room together like you know like it's what I, you know it's like kind of cool but eh. and so I saw this flyer up and I was like we want you for roller derby and I was like yeah you do you want me for roller derby <laughs> and so yeah and I so I went by myself the first time and I was I remember just like walking into like the lobby of the gym and seeing all these other women and I was like oh my god I'm scared shitless. Like, am I going to remember how to roller skate? It's only been 30 years since I last roller skated. (laughs) You know, like, am I going to like, am I going to like it? Is this going to be good? Like the whole, so many questions, so much doubt. And yeah. So I think it was just like, for me, it was selfish because I wanted to meet cool chicks. And I was like, this is, seems like this is going to be a place that I can meet cool chicks. Totally. Totally done and done. Mission accomplished. I've made so many good friends in roller derby. It's awesome. Awesome. So yeah, I think now, now what, so now what I've realized about fear is that when I see an opportunity and it scares me, I know that it's something that I have to do, Mm. (laughs) which is kind of fucked up because it's like, oh my God, like, yeah, it gets me into situations where I'm like, well, you wanted this, like you were scared of this and now you're doing it. So there you go. But you always learn something from it. It's always an experience that, that you take something from, you know, whether it be like, okay, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like, oh, what do you know? I happen to be like a really good skater and I love like my, my big butt that I was always like really like hated. Guess what? It is a fucking asset in roller derby because I can block chicks left and right. I just stick that thing out. Like people can't get around it. It's great. So yeah, I think now when I see something and I get scared by it, it's because it's, it makes me want to do it more because I'm like, oh, it's like triggering something in me that I'm like, oh, there's a reason I'm scared of that opportunity. And it's Mm -hmm. because it's going to lead to something else. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I wonder what it is. I mean, it's obviously it's going to be in so many different directions, but like how to start navigating like, okay, well, I'm afraid of that. Okay, well, why am I afraid of that? Is this something that I can invite into my life? And is that, is, so do you think doing all, you said like doing all these big things have sort of led you to that. Is this like a recent, like, if it scares me, I'm going to do it? type of attitude? Kind of, yeah, kind of. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's probably been, 
I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know when it, I think it's only been recently that I've been able to articulate it, that that's what it was. Like, I think before I was sort of doing it without really knowing it, but it's just been recent that I've sort of like honed in on it. That like, oh, I, I know why I'm drawn to this one thing because I'm scared by it. Why am I scared by it? Because what if I do it and I succeed at it? And this is like the thing that I really want to do. Like that opens up a whole nother thing. Like, oh, like, what, like, well, why don't I want to succeed at it? Like, why am I nervous about doing, you know, like, why am I scared of this? Because like all, we always self-sabotage, right? Where you're like, oh, like, that's too scary. You shouldn't do that thing. You don't know how to do that thing. Like, what makes you think you can, you can do that? And then when you start investigating, you're like, oh, wait, I, like, I should try. I don't know if I can do it. But like, guess what? You might actually be good at it. You might like it. It might push you in a new direction. You might discover new things. Like you don't know what's going to come out of that opportunity. So, oh yeah, I love it. But now that I know that about myself, I sort of have to like, when I start feeling the fear, I'm like, oh shit, now I have to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I feel that same way about myself sometimes because it's, the question why, like, I think this has literally come up in every single podcast episode because that, that question helps you uncover the root of where it's all coming from. Because a lot of our behaviors, whether it's fear or like avoiding fear or self-sabotaging or all of these things, it's because we're trying to cover up this root issue that we're not actually addressing. And I think if we're afraid of something or something scares us and we're like, oh, I can't do that. Ask yourself why. Figure out what it is because it might not, it's probably not roller derby. It might come back to failure. Okay, well, why am I afraid of failure? You know, it's like, well, what's the worst case thing that could happen? Do I have to believe that? What's the best case thing? Let's, Let's focus on that. Yep, yep. And that brings up something good because I do that a lot where it's the worst case scenario. It's like, like before I went up and did stand up, I was like, Worst case scenario, I don't know anyone in this country and no one laughs at my jokes. Like, who cares? So what? Like, I've wasted, you know, like a trip into Dublin and like, you know, 10 euro for a couple beers, like whatever. Like, that's the worst case scenario that I got up there and I tried, you know, best case scenario, I get up there and I kill it and I have a good time and I make people laugh. And it's like, yeah. So I always, I do that. I do that a lot where I'm like, okay, what is the worst case? What is the worst thing that could happen right now? And then you're like, oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I could move to Ireland. I was like, worst case scenario, I don't get a job. We move back to America. Like, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a nice vacation out of it. <laughs> right. Totally. And I think also not letting like whatever that worst case scenario, if that were to happen, to not let us define it, to not let it define us moving forward. Because that's our choice. That doesn't have to be our reality. (laughs) Totally. Yep. And once you look at that and you're like, hmm, and then you're like, best case, I fucking kick ass. Great. How about we like focus on that and try and make that happen? Yes. And then you're like, cool. That really wasn't that bad. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I I think so like when I, this actually is perfect timing because about a year ago, I was laid off from my job in Boulder, which then Mm -hmm. prompted my move to Park City, which isn't as like epic, but it's still, it was still big. Totally. Totally. Everyone has their own. Yeah. Yep. That's a whole other topic. But yeah, um, that like right around this time of year when I lost my job last year. It's only been a year since you've been there? I moved in July. Okay. So cool. almost, almost a year. Yeah. yeah. Nice. 
which is crazy. <laughs> I was, I don't know why. I it think feels longer. It does. It yeah. does feel longer. But I feel like I let my fears of like losing my job trickle into things in my life today sometimes, you know, because you're like, that was a scary situation. But looking back, it was like my worst case scenario was like, I die or something, you know, like that was always like, if I'm like the worst case scenario or no, I was was like the worst case scenario isn't death in this situation. So it's like, I'm going to be fine. I might not be able to pay my bills, but I'm not going to die. Exactly. That kind of shifts the perspective of like, you know what? I can trust myself to move forward in whatever situation I'm presented with because even if it's just little tiny, small wins, like looking back at your life, you know, what if you, you graduate from college? Like a lot of shit went down in college that I'm sure during the time you were like, I'm never going to make it. But like, it doesn't have to be these huge monumental changes that you're like, okay, I can trust myself. It's like, take the small little wins throughout your life and put them all together. And that's a lot. And use that as faith in yourself. Totally. Totally. And I think it's, I think it's, I think some people have a really hard time with that just because like, I don't know if it goes like, I think there's a lot that goes into it, but knowing that you have what it takes inside of you to, to make whatever you want happen. Like that's just, it's, 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 I think it's hard to get to that point. Like, I think a lot of people struggle with it. And I think there's a lot of external factors that come into play, right? Or like, oh, well, my parents always told me this, or I grew up thinking this, or, you know, like whatever it is, like belief systems. And I mean, there's a, obviously a lot that, co- that goes into, into doing it. But it's like, once you, like you're saying, once you realize that you can trust yourself, it opens up this whole world of like, what if I just trusted myself a little more in this aspect of my life? What if I just like, it just, it starts, you can start seeing the changes. Yeah. Big time. Like it's the little things, but then they start adding up to bigger and bigger things. And you're like, whoa, I like 10 years ago, if you told me that I was going to be mo- living in a different country, I would have been like, well, yeah, yeah, right. What, like whatever, you know, but it's like the kind of thing that like it took a lot of small wins to equal the ability and the confidence to, to know that I could do it. Yeah. And like, I'm going back to the belief systems. I think, you know, if something scares you, like, for example, this is the new one <laughs> that I haven't shared with everyone yet. <laughs> oh. Nice. It's making its debut. Great. Exactly. I have a big fear around money mm. and there's a scarcity and a lack around oh, it. But sister. then there's also this fear of like being too successful. Like, well, what does money mean? And I have this attachment to what it means to have money. And when you can recognize those things, ask yourself, where is this coming from? Is this a truth that I've made up throughout my life? Or is this my reality? Why am I choosing to make it my reality? Can I make it a different reality? Like it doesn't, Picking apart your belief systems and your, the truths that you, either you've created for yourself or other people have created for you, like you have the full power to break those down and redefine them. I know, and, and so to and totally. And some people never do, and that's what makes me so sad. I'm like, you mean you've never thought about why you hold that belief? 
Do you know, like, what, like, is that just something that you were told for 20 years? And so you just started to believe it? Or is that something that you truly believe? And like, I think for me anyway, like religion was a big piece of that. Like I was raised Catholic and until I started, now I'm a recovering Catholic in a very Catholic country. It's a little fucked. That's okay. Um, but like, it wasn't until college that I started picking apart, like, wait, wait a second. Like, do I really believe in these things or are these just, was this just how I was raised every Sunday, going to church, going to CCD, going to like learning these lessons. And it's like, you start to think about what that means and who told you these things. And is it really who I am? Is it really what I believe? And I think like you touched on the scarcity thing with money. Cause I, I have some money issues as well as do like most women I know. Yeah. <laughs> so how I've started to frame things is more as just looking through the lens of abundance. Mm. So just like welcoming abundance into my life, how, whatever form that takes, but like not thinking like for me, a lot of it is like success with, with the creative endeavors I'm doing. Like if I know someone like got something published and instead of being like, Oh, well that person got this thing done. So now there's like less for me being like, no, there's room for everyone to have all of their creative endeavors out there. Like there's enough room for this podcast and that podcast. There's enough room for this person to have an article published and there's enough room for me to have an article published. You know, like there's enough room for all of us. It's not the kind of thing where it's like, oh, there's just this much. And if she has some, then I'm not going to be able to have any. It's like, there's an abundance of opportunities and resources and energy and ideas. And it's like, if you think that things are going to run out for you, they probably will, you know? But if you think that there's a lot and there's a bounty of things out there, you're going to keep being able to tap into that and know that there's a lot of stuff out there. And so that's like, I, my current meditation is all about abundance <laughs> because yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to welcome lots of things into my life. <laughs> and I think too, sometimes it might be, at least I find myself sometimes thinking like, well, what does it mean if I have all of these things? Am I a selfish person if I'm if I have too many like if I'm in too much abundance? Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think the way some people at least I don't know. Like a dis like getting rid of that attachment to whatever the end result means. Like Oh yeah. There doesn't have to it doesn't have to be a certain way. Like abundance yep. doesn't mean this. Scarcity doesn't have to mean this. Like changing the way we view things and changing what those definitions are. Again, come back to freaking asking why. Well, why do I believe abundance means this? Like, yep. It doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and I think that full permission. Yeah, just like yeah, full oh, yeah. permission. Yeah. And that. the non attachment piece, I think, is big because, especially as a writer, like a lot of my stuff is like, I've gotten so many rejections. Like, if I put any value on those rejections or it was like, I, like, I wouldn't be writing anymore. Do you know? Like, it's just like it, w- it wouldn't be happening. But it's like, I have it's, this is, it's been really hard for me, but I've learned to not attach the end product with the process. Like I enjoyed the process of writing and the process of doing these creative things. Will anyone else ever see them? Maybe, maybe not. Will it ever get published? Maybe, maybe not. But I have, I've learned to not attach the end product with how I feel about things. Do you know, like I have to enjoy what I'm doing and then when I'm done with it, I'm done with it. And I send it out into the world and maybe no one likes it and it gets rejected in 10 different places. But you know what? That's fine because I have removed myself from that attachment to what's going to happen, like the end result. It's just being in the flow and being in the moment and enjoying 
the present for what it is because yeah. you can't attach yourself to anything because we're all going to die and none of it matters anyway. So <laughs> thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it's so true because if we, if you're trying to put stuff out into the world, like you're writing or your, you know, your creativity and your work and you're attaching like, well, they didn't like that. So that must mean I'm not funny or they don't like this. This must mean I'm not creative. They didn't like this. I'm not a good writer, blah, 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 blah. For me, it's like, I don't have enough, Inst- whatever, Instagram followers. So it means I'm not successful. Yeah. Like, yep. Compl- w- rem- yeah. That attachment is so important to take away from that end result, because that's just going to stop you from doing the things that you need to be doing. And it reminds me, um, my, someone I've been following for a while, Tiffany Han, she does a program called hundred rejection letters. And the oh, point right. of it is yes. to get a gold star every single time you get a rejection but the goal is then to get a hundred. And in that process, you get some really good yeses. Mm-hmm. And it's like the rejection and that end result is just part of your process, but oh, you're going right. to get some good nuggets in there. If you just keep pushing through and stop yeah. attaching that negative outcome or attachment, the negative attachment to the attachment, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have actually a rejection folder in my okay. email. Yeah. And so every rejection I get goes in the rejection folder, but then I also have like a, a happy, happy, joy, joy folder. And it's like, it's good to go into both of those folders and be like, oh, right. Like scrolling through all of the rejections and being like, that's fine. Right. Cause that's part of the story and that's part of the process and that's part of the journey. And like, if you're not getting rejected, you're not trying. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so moral of the whole story is exactly. embrace fear and embrace the outcome positive or negative and know that your worth and your value is not derived from where the what direction it goes from exactly. and that's another thing I've been talking a lot about this week is taking your worth from within and defining that yourself and letting that be the place where it comes from rather than all of these external places so yeah. wrap it up in a whole bow <laughs> Yes. Yes. Your worthiness. (laughs) Woo. (laughs) What she said. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I like, I don't know what happens to the time with these interviews because I feel like I just looked at my clock and it was like 45 minutes ago and now it's like almost been an hour. Oh, nice. So, yes. Wrapping up our time. Do you have anything that you didn't get to say that you would like to say to everybody following along? Mm, That's a good one. I guess fear is the mind killer, you know, like don't, don't let that get in the way of what you want to do because everyone is scared at some point. It's just like the people who succeed or get what they want are the ones that were able to not let it get to them. They were the ones who were able to like, like not let the fear hold them back from doing the things that they want to do. And so I just, I feel like people miss out on so many things because of fear and it's sad because there's so much out there, so much good stuff in the world. And like some people will never get to experience it because they're, they're scared of it. And so I don't know, take a deep breath. Yeah. (laughs) Take a a few of them. (laughs) Yes. That's, I'm gonna, I want to say one final point on that because 
I think the thing that helps, like you said, we're all human. We all are afraid. I'm afraid all the time. You're afraid mm-hmm. all the like these fears don't just go away. No. It's learning how to not let them overtake us so that we can make these steps in our lives and live the life that we are excited to live instead of the one that everyone tells us we should be living or like what the thing that has helped me is if I could take everything away and anything was possible, what would be my end result? And that's the thing that's pro- my gut is probably asking me to like do. And so totally. how do I then navigate these fears to get to that place? Cause we only have one life for all we know. Yeah. Yeah. And why not freaking take us, take a chance on what it is that you really want from this life and just do it. Like, exactly. Fears and consequences aside, like, what do you want? You know? Yep. It's yep. magical when you can trust yourself. <laughs> totally. Totally. And it's like, I, I don't want to regret not having tried something. Mm. You know, like when I'm looking back at my life, I don't want to be like, oh, geez, I just wish I would have gotten on stage and told those jokes that I really wanted to tell. I'm fucking doing it. Like I'm, and I get so scared right before I get up to the microphone and then I'm up there and it feels so good. And I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is amazing. And it's like, if I could just like bottle that five minutes and have it with, you know, like, it's just something that I can tap into and be like, yes, like that's the reason that I'm working the day job. And that's the reason that I, you know, like scribble jokes on the train and like do the things that I do is because I love embracing that fear, overcoming it and seeing, seeing what I'm made of and what's possible. Yeah. That's called life. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. Embrace that shit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I like, feel like I want to do something now <laughs> I have to go back to work. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you, Tara. Oh, dank. Diggity, diggity, dank. Thank you. (laughs) So good to chat with you. And you too. I really hope this conversation helps someone make a step on something they've been wanting to do because life's too short. And I know we hear that all the time, but it really is. And just do it. You'll figure it out. Totally. And just remember that the people that you worked with at a little tech company years ago via Skype and Zoom and fantastic larger scale tech companies can, uh, can make it all worth it. Like, I think this is incredible that like we can chat now and we're both in completely different places, but we're like doing these awesome things. And yeah, I think it's great. I love what you're doing. So keep it up. Tara. Uh, you keep going too. I love following your stories because you do inspire me and I just so appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Stephanie. I didn't appreciate those ab exercises you made me do, but um, I Roller probably Derby is appreciating that now. <laughs> it's true. That's true. So maybe yeah. not. Yeah. But thank you. For, you're putting so much positivity and good stuff in the world. So please keep doing it. Thanks, Tara. Yeah. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, thanks, everybody. And we will all chat soon. Bye. Bye. Peace. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for listening and for being here with me. If you want more resources, pop on over to www.stephanie-dankelson.com. And until next time, stay radiant.